Look in your Bibles at John chapter 9. I want to read verses 1 through 11. I did have someone tell me that Nellie Calm celebrated 95 years yesterday. Isn't that wonderful? Happy birthday. John chapter 9, verses 1 through 11. As he passed by, he saw a blind man from birth. And his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned? this man or his parents, that he would be born blind. Jesus answered, It was neither that this man sinned nor his parents, but it was so that the works of God might be displayed in him. We must work the works of him who sent me as long as it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had said this, he spat on the ground and made clay of the spittle and applied the clay to his eyes and said to him, Go, wash in the pool of Siloam, which is translated scent. So he went away and washed and came back seen. Therefore, the neighbors and those who previously saw him as a beggar were saying, Is not this the one who used to sit and beg? Others were saying, This is he. Still others were saying, No, but he is like him. He kept saying, I am the one. So they were saying to him, how then were your eyes opened? He answered, the man who is called Jesus made clay and anointed my eyes and said to me, go to Siloam and wash. So I went away and washed and received sight. Wow. You don't have to look very hard or very far to find someone who is going through suffering. In fact, you you may just have to look into the mirror and you see that person who is suffering because it's, it's you. And almost always, as you're dealing with the subject of suffering, the question of why is not very far away. Why, God, am I suffering? Why is my family member suffering? Why is my friend suffering? The text that we just read from John chapter 9, the disciples were asking such questions to Jesus about a man whom they had crossed paths with. This man had been blind since birth. The disciples were asking Jesus the reason for that. Why is he blind? Did he do something wrong to to bring this upon himself? Did, Did his mom and dad, did they do something wrong? Why is he suffering? Well, the question of why is the million-dollar question that everyone would like to have the answer to. For this man, it certainly wasn't something that he had done wrong to bring this, this problem upon himself. He was an innocent baby in his mother's womb. When he was born, he was blind. It wasn't his fault, and it wasn't his Mom and dad's fault. Jesus clearly answers that. He said it was neither this man that had sinned, nor his parents. I mean, no one was to blame in this particular case. We need to understand, oftentimes, suffering just happens, and we are the victim to that suffering. We live on a cursed earth. We live uh, on this planet. This This earth where Adam and Eve, they sinned in in the Garden of Eden, there was a curse that was put here. That curse includes birth defects. That curse includes sickness, such as 
cancer and heart disease. That curse includes diabetes and and back pain and headaches and all kinds of physical ailments. The curse is why we grow old. And we get to that point where our body aches and, and we can't do the things that we used to be able to do. We all live under this curse that is upon this earth. The curse is why we have death. The curse is why there are natural disasters such as floods and tornadoes and earthquakes and hurricanes and and tsunamis. When those natural disasters strike, they often bring with them much human suffering. Because of the curse, there are accidents in this world and people suffer was thinking just uh, this last Monday, Doug Niemeyer and I were in a car together and we were heading towards Kansas City to see someone in the hospital and before we even got out of town, we came that close to a very serious and what I think probably would have been a very tragic accident. A person uh, stopped At the 3rd Street stoplight, we were on the highway, they stopped on a green light. And I was following close enough behind them, we're traveling uh, at at 50 mile an hour, that's the speed, speed limit there, and I was following close enough behind them that when he or she hit their brakes, all I could do was hit my brake and try to stop without rear ending them, Uh, and I didn't have time to check around me. I didn't have time to look behind me. I just was concentrating, trying to keep from rear-ending this person and to keep the car from going into a skid. I was able to get the car stopped right on his or her back bumper, but there was a semi behind me traveling at, at, at that same speed, and he could not stop. And thank God, he got over into the left lane and he barely, barely missed us. And there we sat, still, at a green light. And we were thankful, and we were not real happy with the person in front of us. (laughs) But we were mostly thankful for God and His grace. Just that fast, we can become victims of suffering due to circumstances that may be completely out of our hands. It's the world in which we live. Don't miss what Jesus said in the latter half of verse 3. He said, this man's suffering was not due to his own sin or his parents' sin. Rather, it was so that the works of God might be displayed in him. I like how the New Living Translation treats that verse. It says, this happened so the power of God could be seen in him. Now that doesn't mean that God made him blind at birth so that later his power could be displayed in him. It simply means that God wanted to take this very hard situation of blindness and use it to his glory. Plant this truth into your mind and into your heart. He wants to do that for each of us. 
as we go through suffering. He wants our suffering to be an avenue through which we can give Him glory. If you're told that you have cancer, then you can give glory to God by how you trust Him through the journey and how you stay faithful to Him and how you praise Him no matter what. Now maybe He will heal you. And you can give Him praise and glory for that miracle in your life. But if He doesn't heal you here, He still wants that suffering to be an avenue through which you give Him glory. I mean, you fill in the blank for whatever kind of suffering it is that you're facing. God wants to help you through that suffering, and He wants you to give Him glory amidst the suffering. And the way we do that is through our attitude, through our response to the suffering, through our testimony. A few few times here just recently, I have visited one of our members in a circumstance in which she could be having a woe-is-me kind of attitude. But I've noticed in her, she has chosen to give God glory amidst circumstance. Pat Price is who I'm talking about. And some of you may know Pat. She's had a stretch of bad luck recently, or you may say it this way. She's had some suffering in her life lately. A few weeks ago, she fell at the donut shop and she broke her ankle. And we had received the phone call at the church. Tim went to be with her and to show concern to her and pray with her. This accident, if you know Pat, it has come on the heels of some other things that have taken place in her life. She recently had a shoulder replacement surgery, and she went through a long period of rehab with that surgery. And and amidst that time, she was passing out a lot, and, and so the doctors decided that she needed a pacemaker. And then then... Two, if you look back over the last couple of years of Pat's life, she's had some deaths in her family. Her recent past has not been an easy road. And so this this broken ankle was just another unexpected struggle in her life to deal with. I later went out to the ER that day, and she was still there. She was waiting to be assigned a room. I walked in. She had been there on that bed for quite a while. I knew that she had had time to think about all that had happened on that day in her life. And I kind of thought maybe as I walked into the room that she might be singing the blues. And and you could kind of expect that in that kind of a situation. But it was completely different for her. She was upbeat. She was positive. She said, as I came in the room, she said, you know, it could be worse. And she began to tell me about all of the people that had helped her and been good to her amidst her accident. And she knew this was going to be such a long haul for her. But she was saying, God's going to get me through. I know He will. I went to encourage her. But I think I went away being the one who was encouraged more. And every time that I saw her and have seen her since then in the hospital and in the nursing home where she now is doing rehab, she has been positive and she has been giving God glory amidst her suffering. 
And I'm thinking, you know, that is exactly what God wants from each and every one of us. That whatever journey we are on, whatever hardship, whatever suffering it is that is coming our way, that He wants us to give Him glory. Determine ahead of time that that's how you're going to be. That when suffering comes calling on you, that you are going to give Him glory amidst that suffering. And I'm thinking probably we need to pray about that ahead of time before the suffering ever comes. We need to say as, as things right now, maybe you're going well for us. And we need to say, Lord, whenever that time comes, whatever it brings, help me. To bring glory to you. Help me to respond in faith. Help me to to trust you. Help me to let my light shine amidst that time. It's not that we are, are looking forward to that time. It's not that we are asking for that kind of hardship to come our way. But realistically, we know that one day down the road, it's going to come knocking on our door. And it will catch up with us. And so when that happens... Lord, would you please help me to be a testimony to you? Would you help me to give you glory? Could could your power be seen in me and through me? This man's testimony in John chapter 9 became a strong testimony for Jesus. Verse 9, the people were asking him, How were your eyes opened? He said to them, The man who is called Jesus made clay and anointed my eyes and said to me, Go to Siloam and wash. So I went away and washed and I received my sight. That's a powerful testimony. If you read the verses that follow, this miracle created quite a stir with the Pharisees. They were making such a big deal out of the fact that Jesus had done this miracle on the Sabbath. That's what they were consumed with. They were so spiritually blind, they were so hard-hearted, that they couldn't even give praise to God for this miracle which had been done, that this man who had been blind since birth was now seen. They They couldn't see that because they were so blinded by the fact that the miracle had been done on the Sabbath. Oh my goodness. Jesus just opened the eyes of a man born blind. And they're hollering about the fact that he had broken their tradition. No wonder they, that Jesus was put out at the Pharisees. And, and this man who has just been set free from his blindness, he wouldn't fit into their mold. He was determined to give Jesus glory. Verse 15, he said this of Jesus. He applied clay to my eyes and I washed and I see. Verse 25, he says, one thing I do know, though I was blind, now I see. Verse 32 and 33, again, he's defending Jesus to the Pharisees. He says this to them. Since the beginning of time, it has never been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a person born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. He's insistent 
on giving praise and glory to Jesus. And why not? I mean, he's just, he's just received his sight for the first time since he's been alive. I want to encourage you from this man's story to be ready and willing to give a testimony to others about what Jesus has done in your life. And don't let the word testimony scare you. What I'm simply saying is this. You have a story to tell of what Jesus has done for you. You need to tell that story. In fact, here in just a few moments, I'm going to dismiss you uh, to take some time and write out your story. Uh, in your bulletin, there is a card that says, this is my story. Or if you don't have a bulletin, around the auditorium, there are tables that, that are set up. And on those tables is a card that you can get. And, and we want every one of you to get a card. There's pens on the tables. If you don't have a pen, we want you to write your story. And listen to me, it doesn't have to be long. In fact, we'd prefer for it not to be long. This man's story was not long. His story was simply this. I once was blind, but now I see. I mean, that's a pretty powerful story. Just eight words long, but a powerful story that makes an impact on those who are hearing that story. And so as you write your story this morning, I want you to be concise. I want it to be one line or, or two lines. I want you to sign your name if you're willing. Because uh, we shouldn't be ashamed of the story that Jesus, of what he has done for us. Uh, maybe your story could be this. He's healed me from cancer. Wow, that's quite a story. And that's a, that's a powerful story to those people out there in the world that Jesus has that kind of power and that kind of mercy. Maybe your story would be this. Jesus delivered me from alcohol. Period. Don't you, don't you agree with me? There are a lot of people out there in the world that need to hear that story. Sure there are. Maybe, maybe your story would be this. He allowed me to get pregnant after years of trying. You know, that could be my daughter Abby's testimony. I don't know that I told you that. My daughter Abby is expecting. She and Logan, for, for three years, were trying to have a baby, trying to get pregnant. It just wasn't happening. We were praying for them. We were fasting. And yet every month she was disappointed again. But we did not give up praying and we kept on asking. And we were like that, that woman uh, in Scripture. She went to the judge and she just kept on knocking on the door and asking God or asking the judge for that blessing. And Jesus took that story and turned it around and said, this is like prayer. You go to God the Father and you just keep on knocking. You keep on being persistent and asking God for his blessing. I'm going to be a grandpa. <laughs> I'm happy about that. That could be my story. What, what's your story? Someone might say this. He delivered me from depression. 
Now, is that, is that a story that people out there in the world need to hear? Yes, because there are lots of people out there who are suffering from depression, and that kind of story can give them hope. That kind of story can lift their spirits, and, and they can know that if God can do that for this person, God can do that for me. Maybe somebody else would have this story. He helped me raise my kids, and they all love Jesus. Wouldn't that be a great story? be able to tell because there's a lot of moms and dads out there that have that as their desire and they're they're having some struggles and they're having some challenges and it's their prayer that their kids will someday love jesus and embrace the faith as their own you know it the devil is out like a roaring lion he's out there trying to devour every one of our kids he wants to to just eat them up and if we've got this kind of story to tell, we, can, we need to shout it from the rooftops and, and give people hope. You know, Cindy and I shout, we just praise God that our kids have, have loved Jesus into their adult life and they have embraced the faith as their own. But I will tell you, it hasn't come without a lot of tears on our part and a lot of struggles and a lot of sleepless nights and lots of talking, and lots of praying, and lots of help from the community of believers, and more praying, and fasting, and praise God, it can happen that your kids can grab a hold of that faith and make it their own. Maybe that's your story. Some of you might could say this, He saved me and my marriage. He brought us back together. He helped me through the loss of a loved one. He's given me hope. He's given me purpose. How about this? He's forgiven me of my sins. That's just six words long. The longest word is just eight letters. But what a message to tell the world. How about this? He loved me when I was very unlovable. What's your story? I want to give to you two or three minutes. If you don't have one of those cards in your bulletin, if you don't have a pen, if you're sitting there together with your spouse and there's just one card between you, one of, them, one of you get up, go to a table and get a card and write your story out. And when you're finished with it, I'm going to ask you, as you leave today at one of these tables, or one of those baskets on the wall, you put your story there. Because over the next few weeks, we're going to use your story to give glory to God. Okay, now if you've got a story that you just cannot put your name beside it, you are, you are wanting that to be anonymous because it is so personal, but you want the world to know what Jesus has done for you, you just write your story and you write anonymous next to that. And we'll respect that. But you have a story to tell. Move, please. God is good, isn't he? Is God good? Amen. He, is, he has lavished his grace upon us.
to overflowing. You have a story to tell. Don't be ashamed of it. Be ready to share it. In fact, Peter said it this way in 1 Peter 3.15. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. Every single one of us have a story to tell. Might we tell the story? Can you imagine this blind man? having received his sight. And people are asking him, what happened? Aren't you the guy that used to sit at the temple gate and beg and you were blind since birth? What what happened to you? You're, You're seeing now. Can you imagine if he would say, I don't know. I I don't want to talk about it. It's a pri it's a private matter. No, you no. This guy is shouting it from the rooftops. He wants everybody to know what Jesus has done for him and how how wonderful Jesus' grace has reached even him. Don't be ashamed to tell your story. You tell it. Because God is good. Let's pray together. Father, help us not just to tell the story to the church family, but help us to tell the story to those around us that we work with, that those that we live close to, uh, maybe some family members that need to hear the story. Give us boldness. Give us directness, clarity. Give us a grateful spirit for what you have done for us. And we all say together, thank you, Father. Thank you for your goodness. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand together, please.